It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After several deep dive topics today on Locked On Dolphins, we're recapping the week that was for the Miami Dolphins in the headlines across the NFL. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day. You're on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it. We live it here on the Locked on network today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase on last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. This week on the show has been a deep dive foray into a bunch of topics, be it uh, fixing the issues with the offense, four fundamental flaws with the offense, uh, courtesy of film study and deep dive data research. We did that yesterday on the show. Uh, negotiating Robert Hunt's contract uh, as far as what an offer would look like. We did that. Realistically, what you can expect for the Dolphins and their budget in the first wave of free agency as far as how much can you accomplish with your operating cap. I was earlier in this week as well. So we, we've really kind of gotten out of microscopic performance reviews, and we're getting into bigger picture conversations and there's no bigger picture conversation than the one today which is to just zoom out and look at a bunch of different storylines that have unfolded this week uh, for the Miami Dolphins their players and so on and so forth so we start with yesterday we had the uh, NFL honors the annual NFL honors that came out uh, and uh, there were no Dolphins represented in the winners there were a few Dolphins that had I think strong candidacies uh, we'll, we'll talk about them. We'll also talk about some of the uh, Super Bowl media availability. We had Uncle Dan making a few appearances, including on Pro Football Talk, with some some conversations that I think Dolphins fans uh, would care to have my thoughts on, or at least if you're listening to the show, I assume you would care to have my thoughts on. So all that's where we're going to start today. Uh, and then we had a, a coaching staff edition this week on the defensive side of the football with Anthony Weaver, Coach Weaver's uh, defensive staff with his assistants. And then I have one final thought on a storyline that a subsection of Dolphins fans, uh, it's not going away. It's an idea that's not going away. And I think it's a horrible idea. We'll talk about that. So there's your tease for what's coming up in uh, today's show. NFL Awards Tyreek Hill uh, does not win NFL Offensive Player of the Year. That honor goes to Christian McCaffrey. I do think that is rightfully so when you consider what Christian McCaffrey was able to accomplish this season while only playing in 16 regular season games. They sat out uh, week 18 uh, to protect their starters, but McCaffrey leads the league in rushing. He has 21 touchdowns. He's over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. This is the second time in his career uh, that he's accomplished that feat and is the engine for San Francisco and their offense in the same way that Tyree Kill is. But the fact that 
uh, Tyreek Hill. I, I think if he plays the full season, if he stays healthy all 17 games, I think Tyreek Hill probably does get this award uh, because it is a regular season award. So I don't think the postseason fate of Miami versus the postseason fate of San Francisco weighs too much into this. But uh, I have a hard time arguing with Christian McCaffrey with over 2,000 all-purpose or 2,000 yards from scrimmage, not even all-purpose yards, just rushing and receiving combined. Um, as equally of an important of a player with a, a loaded skill cast uh, in San Francisco as Tyreek Hill is with a really talented skill group in Miami. So uh, no arguments there. I think I probably take a little bit more exception with how poorly represented Tua Tungvaloa was in the Comeback Player of the Year awards. Uh, I don't think Joe Flacco was particularly the right choice for that award. Uh, obviously, there's a whole debate about the merit of the award. And Damar Hamlin, obviously, with the very scary medical incident that he had where his heart stopped on the field and, and had to be resuscitated uh, at the end of last season and coming back and being on the active roster at times for Buffalo for game day and playing in a few games, um, that's a storyline that's hard to top, but the, the voters kind of went away from that one as well and gravitated towards Joe Flacco's comeback from just not being on a team at the start of the year and, and being the starter for the Jets at the end of last season. I think Baker Mayfield has a really good resume as a player that pinballed between Carolina and the Rams last year, comes back and plays quality football and gets the Bucs into the, the playoffs, and, and they look good. They win a playoff game. Again, it's a regular season award, so you don't give too much credit there. But for Tua to have his season end the way that it did last season and the conversation with the head injuries and discussion about retirement and people saying he should retire for his long-term health and then for him to go out and lead the league in passing yards and help the Dolphins to an 11-win season and be in the MVP conversation for stretches of the season – for him to like hardly get recognized, and I think he finished fifth in the final balloting, just felt like very surprising to me that there was not better representation because the definition of the award is a return to exemplary play. Well, Tua led the league in passing yards, right? And there, Tua is a, a debate that people have on a daily basis that I'm not interested in having, right? There's pros and cons to, to Tua Tungvaloa as a player. But the performance that he had this season, when you look at the entire body of work, when everybody was talking about this is a guy that needs to retire, we probably deserve some more, even if it wasn't first place votes, second and third place votes, to get a little better representation in the polling than, than where he ends up finishing, in my mind. Uh, I, I think DeMar Hamlin, if you, you go with the spirit of coming back from the ultimate adversity, there's a great case to be made there. Uh, I think... Matt Stafford's another great candidate from a player who dealt with injuries last year, and there was some retirement talk, and he was really good for the Rams this year. Versus Joe Flacco just being like, oh, well, I thought I was going to retire, and then I didn't, and then came back and threw a bunch of picks, but threw a bunch of YOLO touchdowns for the Browns. Oh, it's neither here nor there. Um, Uncle Dan went on pro football talk, Dan Marino, obviously, and he was asked about uh, the uniforms, the throwback uniforms, by Mike Florio and everybody loves throwback uniforms, including me. I have throwback logos on the wall behind me. If you're watching on YouTube, that wall on my office is Don Shula, Dan Marino, 
uh, 70s, 80s teams, all throwback stuff on this wall. I've got a modern era wall over here off to my right, and then i got another throwback wall over here on my left. So the vast majority of my stuff in my office is throwback stuff as well. Um, but Dan kind of alluded to how Stephen Ross is tired of hearing about wanting the throwback uniforms because when he bought the team, one of the things that was kind of his baby was leading the charge for revamping the uniforms. And Dan doesn't think that Steven Ross is, is going to entertain that. So I know that's a, a question that Dolphins fans have seemingly on a weekly, daily, monthly, annual basis uh, for, for uniforms. But I thought it was, you, you kind of got the clue there from Dan that Steven Ross, his entire ownership of the new uniforms makes it very unviable it seems that we'll get the throwbacks back full-time which is what we have make throwbacks permanent account on twitter that replies to every dolphin suite on my timeline the top replies make throwbacks permanent with a plea for the throwbacks to be the the permanent uniforms for the dolphins again uh dan also kind of stirred the pot with again the the to a debate that exists and refuses to ever go away uh, because Dan Marino was asked and said that he believes the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl with Tua Tungvaloa. And Dan talked about the uh, the team being on the verge of, of doing something really special. He talked about how he felt the, the team uh, and, and the way that the injuries piled up at the end of the season really interrupted what they had. And nobody wants to hear about injuries because every team has injuries. Some teams have more injuries than others. You don't want it to be a convenient excuse for the other restrictions and limitations. And we did those shows this week. So let's, let's you know, don't put in the comments and get all angry about that. Cause we, we've <laughs> exhausted a lot of time and resources into talking about the limitations that extend beyond the injuries. But I thought it was interesting that, that Dan himself in interviews kind of referenced and, he's he's in some of those meetings he's in the building does that put you in the frame of mind of some of the people that are around the team for their perception of of how this this when they did their own debrief uh what their assessment was you know dan's certainly not voluntarily speaking for anybody but i i do think the the closeness that he has with the team it is interesting to hear him kind of get into and allude to the interruptions uh, and the impact that that potentially had on the end of the Dolphins season. Now we're going to get into some coaching staff changes that happened this week. Coach Campanile is now in Green Bay. The Dolphins, a new uh, linebackers and defensive run game coordinator, brought in Joe Barry, who's not a very popular player or not a very popular coach, courtesy of his most recent stop in Green Bay as a defensive coordinator. But there's a very different difference between being a coordinator and being a positional coach. We'll get into that. Uh, Ryan Crow added uh, to the staff as outside linebackers coach. We'll talk about that all here next on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood is the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from other retirement accounts with a 3% match. That's right. No cap on a 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com boost. 
Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim is as of quarter one, 2024, validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk, including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of the first 3% match. You must keep your Robinhood IRA for five years, and the 3% matching on transfers is subject to specific terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC, is a registered broker-dealer. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's talk about some of the coaching staff changes. Uh, Dolphins passively telling Vic Fangio kick rocks (laughs) the same way that, that Javon Holland did. Uh, a little bit more subtly, uh, it sounds like Coach Campanile was requested for an interview with Philadelphia to go to Green Bay or to go to the uh, follow Vic Fangio. And instead, he lands in Green Bay as the linebackers coach after interviewing for the defensive coordinator role in each of the last two seasons and ultimately being passed up for the role uh, both times. Uh, wish Coach Campanile the best. Obviously, he has a great reputation with the players, um, but understandable that if you're trying to ascend your career and you keep getting stuck at the same spot, you might need a change of scenery to help facilitate the growth in your own individual aspirations and career resume. Now in his place, the dolphins bring in Joe Barry, Joe Barry, the former defensive coordinator for the green Bay Packers and his metrics as the defensive coordinator in green Bay under another Shanahan disciple and Matt LaFleur of uh, the last three seasons have not been great. Uh, the team has been ninth, 17th, and 17th in defensive yards, 13th, 17th, and 10th in defensive points, and 8th, 12th, and 23rd in takeaways. Okay, so you acknowledge, hey, that's not great. He's also had other stops in his career as a defensive coordinator in Washington in 15 and 16, and Detroit in 2007 and 2008. That Detroit team in 07, of course, was uh, one of the ones right off the or right on the cusp of the 08 disaster Detroit team that went 0 and 16. So um, you're you're mindful of that for Detroit. That 08 Detroit team, uh, Joe Barry was a part of the mix for an 0 and 16 squad as a defensive coordinator. Now, the stuff in between for Joe Barry is really good. As a linebacker's coach, specifically in Tampa in the early 2000s, goes back to Tampa and then goes to LA or San Diego with the Chargers in the early 2010s. He's with the Rams as a linebacker's coach uh, in the late 2010s. And in each of these spots, you look at and see really good individual linebacker play for guys like Derek Brooks, who's a absolute stud of a talent at the linebacker position. Uh, 
to KO Spikes, an absolute stud at the linebacker position. You think about the Rams and some of the development that you saw from Corey Littleton. And even amidst the stop in Green Bay, there's a first-round pick in Quay Walker who took promising strides with Barry as the defensive coordinator. And Devondre Campbell experienced a career resurgence that that really uh, grew in leaps and bounds uh, as far as being first-team All-Pro in Green Bay in 2021 under Joe Barry's direction as the defensive coordinator. So uh, you have a, a pretty sizable resume of linebacker play specifically between highly talented players and some player development, guys like Campbell and Littleton and Quay Walker in recent years, uh, that you feel good about, okay, he's not calling plays, he's not responsible for getting everything aligned. Instead, this is somebody that's probably going to have a hand with your fronts and your linebacker play specifically, where I think you think about Miami and their investments in a player like Channing Tindall. You think about uh, David Long continuing to ascend is Jerome Baker back? Is he not back? If he's not back, you're going to probably have to target somebody to bring into the mix. Like there, there's enough here. And we don't know. Butch Berry was a, a widely maligned co position coach when he was hired by Miami last year at this time. And Butch Berry, you get to October, November, everybody's singing the praises of Butch Berry for the job that he's done with this Dolphins offensive line amidst all the injuries that the team had to deal with and all the different starting combinations of players. So you don't really know. And I think you, there's enough when you read between the lines of just, oh, he was a malign defensive coordinator the last three years and was the D.C. in Detroit when they went 0-16 and had an unsuccessful stop in Washington for two years as a D.C. I, I think when you look at the entire body of work, uh, Joe Barry, there, there's plenty here to say, hey, there's a pathway to success for him as a positional coach for the Dolphins in this defense. Uh, now, the other addition was Ryan Crow, and this is uh, the bio on Ryan Crow. He, he'd been with Tennessee uh, since 2018. He spent seven seasons in the college ranks prior to that, spent a little bit of a time uh, as a special teams assistant, uh, was defensive assistant his first two years in Tennessee, then a special assistant special teams coach, and then back to outside linebackers for the last three seasons. Here's the bio on Coach Ryan Crow, the new Dolphins outside linebacker. Uh, Coach Ryan Slowick will stay with the Dolphins uh, in a role that is to be determined that's been reported. Ryan Crow is a, enters his sixth season in 2023 with the Titans, arrived in Tennessee in 2018 after seven seasons in the college ranks, after serving as a defensive assistant for his first two seasons in Tennessee, his assistant special teams coach in 2020, and moved to outside linebackers in 2021. In 2022, Crow worked with versatile defender Danico Autry. That may be a familiar name. That was a, if the Titans are going to sell at the trade deadline, I'd kick the tires on this guy. Who led the defense with eight sacks and a career-high 45 quarterback pressures despite being limited to 12 games. With starter Harold Lander missing the entire campaign due to an injury, Autry, Rashad Weaver, and Bud Dupree combined for 17 and a half of the defense's 39 sacks. In 2021, Titans outside linebackers accounted for 19 sacks, including 12 by Landry, who led the team set a career high and ranked 10th in the NFL. Landry, who was named to his first career Pro Bowl, became the first Titans player to record double-digit sacks in a season since Brian Arakpo in 2016, and the first Titans player with 12 sacks in a season since Jason Babin, 12 and a half in 2010. With 75 tackles, Landry joined Micah Parsons, Aaron Donald, and Cameron Hayward as the only players in 2021 
to post at least 75 tackles with 10 sacks. Crow also worked with Autry, who tied his career high in sacks and finished second on the team with nine. Pretty nice little run through here. Um, was under Mike Vrabel. Um, obviously, he, he interviewed with uh, the Browns for their defensive line vacancy before landing in Miami as their outside linebackers coach, the job previously held by coach Ryan Slowick, who's the brother of Bobby Slowick, who's the Texans offensive coordinator, who was getting some head coach interviews throughout this cycle. So some changes, Joe Barry, Ryan Crow added to the mix, Anthony Campany on the outs this week for the Dolphins. Uh, we have presumably more changes. We need to figure out where coach Slowick is going to end up coaching. They have a run game coordinator with Joe Barry. Are they going to renew the pass game coordinator position? Uh, what other uh, Casper left to go be in Philly as the safeties coach? So you have a vacancy there that needs to be filled as well. A little bit still in flux. We'll see what the Dolphins ultimately do with those spots. But we're going to finish today on the show with one final thought that I have, and it pertains to uh, a subsection of Dolphins fans that are, are hoping that the Dolphins uh, don't pay to a tongue of Aloha in lieu of trading for and acquiring Justin Fields, the former first round pick and incumbent in Chicago for the Bears who owned the first overall pick in the draft. I'll tell you why I think that's a horrible idea. We're going to talk about that next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class Executive Google is built in as your always updating assistant. On call for almost anything gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Maps, and Google Play are built right into the 12-inch touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. The 2024 Nissan Pathfinder has room for up to eight, expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability. With 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing, when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Rogue, Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. Prize Picks is the number one way to play daily fantasy sports. They have more than 3 million members. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play because it is you against the numbers, not you against thousands of other players. You pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you can watch your winnings roll in. The big game is right around the corner. Prize picks is the most exciting way for you to get up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. If Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. And don't forget, if Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard in the big game, you win on prize picks. That is prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So you see, you live online, right? And, and for this job, covering the team on a daily basis and creating content, being a Dolphins content creator and being a fanalist or an analyst or a draft Nick or like however you want to describe what it is that I do. Uh, you have to be plugged in to a certain degree and being plugged in as much as I am, try as I may, I do see all 
corners of the Dolphins fan base online, for better or for worse. And uh, there is a subsect of Dolphins fans who are really beating the drum over the idea of the Dolphins should not pay to a tongue of law. And if you feel that way, like, okay, okay, everybody's entitled to an opinion. If you think that paying to a tongue of Aloha, you have other strategies at the quarterback position that you would rather invest in for yourself and you think give you a more direct pathway to winning games, like you're entitled to feel that way. That's the, the, the alternatives is the whole debate because there are strengths and weaknesses with the player. And I, I think everybody would probably agree. He's not in the stratosphere of Patrick Mahomes as the AFC representative in the Super Bowl this year. It's just a fact of life. Unfortunately, that's the Dolphins went from living in a world where Tom Brady has two decades as the AFC kind of quarterback in control to now Patrick Mahomes. And there's a guy in the division that you have a hard time beating head to head as well. Um, but the anytime you have an idea that you don't like or you don't want the team to do, I'm cool with so long as you have an alternative that's like on draft night, right? Oh, don't pick so-and-so you shouldn't have picked so-and-so. Okay. Well, who should they have picked instead? Tell me who and why don't pay Tua. trade for Justin Fields. Okay. So let's think about this from a, a few different lenses. I think this is objectively the furthest thing from a good idea for what information we have on, on the dolphins, their offense, who they want to be offensively, and the skill sets of the players. This offense is predicated around quick decision-making, accuracy. We've heard a ton about the importance of the footwork to sync with the timing of the routes. Uh, very quick ball handling ability for Tua Tagovailoa. Uh, all the strengths, right? They've, they've catered the offense to the strengths of the player that you have. So what do you have in Justin Fields? Aside of the polar opposite player, in just about every facet of playing the position. Tua Tungvalu was the NFL's fastest quarterback this year in average time to throw, 2.3 seconds according to next-gen stats. What Justin Fields was this year, 3.23 seconds. He was the longest quarterback from snap to release across 370 attempts of any quarterback in the league. For an offense that's predicated around quick decision-making, Taking the guy who's got almost a, a second longer on average across an entire season's body of work trigger to throw the ball seems like it kind of flies in the face against what you're doing. Now, Tua last year, 2.6 seconds. Justin Fields, he was the fourth longest at 3.12. So last year was a difference of a half a second. And this year, it's a difference of about 0.8 seconds per throw. Um. Accuracy, not close. The ability to operate with keen footwork and timing as a passer, not just quick decisions, but timing. It's the polar opposite of Justin Fields. Coming out of Ohio State, they ran a bunch of option routes that were longer developing routes down the field, which prompted and facilitated Justin Fields looking to hold the ball to allow these routes to declare which then in turn makes you less of an anticipatory thrower, which is where the Dolphins have made so much of their bread and butter with throwing the spots, which you can criticize if you want. But it's the polar opposite of what you have and what you've aligned everything that you're doing to be in line for. 
Oh, by the way, you have concerns about Tua Tungvaloa and his durability. Uh, Justin Fields has played in 12, 15, and 13 games and missed time with injuries in each of his three seasons in the NFL, including missing an opportunity to set the quarterback single season rushing record in 2022 because he missed time. Uh, and the Bears went two and two in two games with Tyson Bajent, an undrafted free agent rookie at the quarterback position for them this year in the four games that Justin Fields missed. So it's not like you're getting out of the durability question at the quarterback position either. But I get why people look at Tua and people that don't like Tua or not a fan of Tua's game say, well, he's smaller and slow and can't run and he doesn't have the strongest arm. And they look at Justin Fields and say, well, he's 6'3", 230. He runs a 4'3", and he's got an absolute cannon for an arm. So he's got all the things that two is not. So I want to go that route instead. Instead of zooming out, asking yourself, what does this offense want to be? What has Mike McDaniel told you based on his ideology, his plays, and how they've crafted players around their quarterback want to be? If you're going to go a different direction, unless you're going to completely overhaul, tear down, and revamp everything about the offensive side of the ball, there's not a worse fit in the league than Justin Fields, other than the fact that he's the polar opposite in three traits that you don't like about the quarterback that's on the team. And if you're going to do that for Justin Fields, who's entering into uh, the fourth year of his rookie contract before you then have to make a fifth-year option decision on him, Bless you. You'd have to make a fifth-year option decision now if you were to acquire Justin Fields. And and we talked about Tua and his uh, deficiencies this past year against uh, pressure, the underwhelming nature of his play against pressure in 2023 uh, being the single biggest fundamental flaw of his play this past season. So what I did... So I pulled up uh, Justin Fields' splits versus pressure. This year, Tua Tungvaloa completed 49% of his passes this season uh, when pressured. Uh, Justin Fields completed 41% of his passes when pressured uh, this upcoming season. Tua Tungvaloa posted a passer rating of 66, 67.6 uh, when pressured this season. Justin Fields posted a pass rating of 58.7 when pressured this past season. Tua Tungvalo's completion percentage uh, over under expectation when pressured was minus 8%. Justin Fields was minus 6%. So uh, there's a marginal improvement there. Tua Tungvalo's adjusted net yards per attempt, this accounts for throwaways, sacks, all that kind of stuff, uh, was about four under pressure. Justin Fields' adjusted net yards per attempt was 1.43 adjusted yards per attempt when pressured in 2023. Tua off-target rate on throws when pressured was 25%. The previous season, it was 15.5%. Uh, Justin Fields this year, when pressured, his off-target percentage was 21% of the time. So four point better, four percentage points better than Tua Tungvaloa's was, but his off-target percentage in 2022 was 18%, which was two and a half percentage points worse than Tua Tungvaloa in the 2022 season as well. Uh, Justin Fields, when pressured, holds the ball on average of 3.9 seconds. 3.9 seconds. 
uh, which is just an astronomically high number. He has posted a career sack rate uh, in each of his three seasons, a percentage of dropbacks that end in sacks at 11.8, 14.7, and 10.6% of dropbacks end in sacks. His career sack rate is 12%. Tua Tungvalo this year was 4.9%. So if you're comfortable with three times as many dropbacks ending in sacks because the quarterback can run fast, bless you, uh, Tua Tungvaloa also has posted uh, more fourth quarter comebacks in his last two seasons than Justin Fields has posted in his three seasons as an NFL passer. Uh, Tua this season finished with two fourth quarter comebacks. He had two fourth quarter comebacks in 2022 as well. Justin Fields has posted two fourth quarter comebacks in three seasons. So you look at just about every significant statistical measure, you look at the film, you look at the strengths of the players, you look at the structure of the Dolphins' offense versus the strengths of Justin Fields as a player, and the only argument that you can make in favor of Justin Fields is he has a stronger arm and he runs faster, but he's not more durable, and you also have to make an economic, extremely difficult economic financial decision while simultaneously changing the identity of every single other piece of your offense. No thank you. No thank you. If you don't want to pay Tua, fine. But come back to me with somewhat of a mildly realistic answer for an alternative to the position than that nonsense. Because that's what that is. No thanks. Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. You can find me on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I appreciate you guys checking out the show. Come on back. See me again on Monday. Fins up. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl on Sunday. Hope to see you soon. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.